Oh Canada, everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of Press YYZ, a video game podcast. It's Canada Day, and we record this podcast live no matter what, even if people have families. I'm talking to you, Mitch, directly when you're going to be listening to this in a few weeks. Uh, we record this live in front of a live digital Twitch audience on twitch.tv slash pressyyz. And if you want to follow us when we are going to go live, because this show happens every week, no matter who abandons us, I don't have problems, uh, if you can follow us on Twitter at pressyyz. So, if you might have guessed, we're a little bit short this week. But no matter, because this is the Alex cast now. Joining me oh, yeah. is Alexander yeah. Kozina. Happy Canada Day! And also joining me is Alexander Fraser. Oh, Canada, my Canada. That's how the song goes, right? Close enough. Apparently you know. the, yeah. the J disappeared in his name somehow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I honestly, I don't... I was. It sounded wrong when I said it, just because I've only I, ever it, referred it to you as AJ. Like, it looked like you struggled. I was like, lie. I was like, am I saying his name right? Like, it just, it <laughs> felt wrong. My girlfriend is the same way, except when she's mad at me, and then she'll call me Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to respond to that. This feels, <laughs> it feels off. We're missing Nathan and Mitch. I mean, Mitch is in the chat right now, but that's that doesn't count because uh, they have yeah, families. No, I, yeah, yeah. They, they decided to do their family business or whatever. Yeah, I think I saw that on a dirty website once. But <laughs> so, none of my business. But the show must go on, nevertheless. And so, with that, we have the three people who are actually dedicated to this podcast. And with that, what have you guys been up to? How's this last week been treating you guys? Ah, uh, this week's been a week. I'm glad to have a day off in the middle of it. Yeah, it must be nice having to do stuff this just it literally (laughs) feels like the same it feels like every other day for me oh wow it's all blurring together for you yeah it's been for a long time and i won't be getting back to any sense of normal until september so until then i'm just gonna continue just feeling like i'm living groundhog day every day i i will say like the past few months have been pretty groundhog day-ish i really feel like june just flew on by i thought that june was when things were really going to pick up and things were going to really start to feel like they were slowing down. Oh no. Yeah. It honestly, (laughs) it honestly felt like March, like March took forever. And then since then it's just been kind of speeding on through, which in some ways I'm extraordinarily thankful for. I, I still accidentally write, um, March or April on like work paperwork sometimes. And it's frustrating. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, time has no meaning. Yeah. It's uh yeah, and it's been like that for quite a little while, but you know maybe one day we'll return to some sense of normalcy. But you know until then we're gonna continue recording this podcast. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, so I can see I'm just gonna cheat and look at the the doc because Do just it. why not? You've been playing Minecraft, AJ. Yeah, I. Uh, How's I that been going? And- uh, I mean, I caved and and bought a realm on the Windows 10 edition, which is crossplay with, I think, all of the the normal versions that aren't Java. Um, if I'm not mistaken, isn't um, the Windows 10 version like not? It's not the same as Java in sense of like what's actually in the game. I have no idea. It, I believe it. I believe it's up to par now because um, I, I think it's it's the primary one, right? And mm-hmm. they're gonna start. 
it, they've not said or alluded to or announced anything, but I would bet they start slowly tapering off the Java edition mm. um, because, um, like, in, uh, currently in the in the beta of um, Minecraft uh, for Windows 10 edition, um, they have um, ray tracing enabled. Right. Um, and, you know, you've seen all those YouTube videos and demos of that, and, you know, it looks phenomenal, but I can't play that on my laptop at the moment. Um, so I've just been playing around on regular-ass regular Minecraft, but just, um, you know, just created one of their 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 paid, uh, quote-unquote, their, their, they call them realms. Mm-hmm. It's just their own personal servers or whatever for it. And, um, you know, I've just been using uh using that in front of like uh to basically to listen to other podcasts like the giant Bombcast or the beast cast or kind of funny games daily and stuff like that and it's a good way to kind of like decompress after the day to just be doing something somewhat tedious and monotonous which minecraft kind of is when you're in that hey i'm building Mm -hmm. things phase but uh this world that i've started um this i don't know the seed offhand but uh, it was actually a really good start in that I started right out of at a village, right? So there's already um, uh, villagers around, mm-hmm. and there's also two uh, mob spawners. Uh, so there's a a spider spawner and a zombie spawner, like basically right underneath that village, and so that opens up a world of opportunities to sort of like explore parts of Minecraft that I've never really gone too deep into like with regards to like redstone and that and creating like farms for experience and stuff like that and really just sort of gamifying the the game itself and Mm. you know i'm i'm it's it's a good way to just sort of like decompress uh the day in the background with a podcast on and whatnot yeah i just wanted to mention uh while you were talking about that normally whenever people are talking about a game they've been playing i go to youtube and play some clip or trailer from it but when you go and search minecraft on youtube there are (laughs) so many videos about so many different things so i figured you know what i'm just gonna play the intro from hit canadian tv show reboot oh perfect perfect that's a good idea yeah (laughs) never forget reboot that was actually that was such a great it was something it was such a good show for how kind of terrible it was weren't they supposed to reboot it recently like they did they did a reboot and it wasn't that great no it it mixed mixed in like live action components hold on oh god look this up yeah you need to find that (laughs) so i guess speaking of games that i've been that i've been using to do a very similar thing to you of just like i can just decompress and just kind of do whatever while it's happening uh i've gotten back into destiny 2 uh i started i started playing it again uh recently just because uh i'm actually really excited about beyond light i think it looks pretty cool the fact that there's a lot of changes that are happening in this game that haven't happened since the first destiny came out um i never played the first destiny so like destiny 2 was my my intro just because i didn't have next-gen consoles um i didn't have a ps4 or an xbox one when it came out and it wasn't on pc at the time but I just, I love the loop of shoot things, get loot, shoot things more. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just, Bungie is the definitive king of first-person shooters in my mind. Destiny 2 is so much fun to just, like, sit back and listen to a podcast while playing it. Because for the most part, 
I do care about the lore, but I don't care about it being told to me in the game, which is I th- is a failing on Destiny's part. I feel like the lore in that game's franchise is so cool, but it's very poorly told in the game. There's a lot of really I, cool YouTubers that do like Destiny lore videos, and they're actually really yeah. entertaining. I, I have no insight into this whatsoever, but I absolutely believe that is Activision's fault. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, with the grimoire cards in the first game and and everything, and they just like it. It needed a whole like another year. The first Destiny needed a whole another year in the oven before it came out mm-hmm. to be somewhat decent and they just completely gutted it to get it out the door and make to try and make money off of it and And then they it's it's completely obvious yeah and then they did it again with destiny 2 like i have a Mm -hmm. feeling if bungie got what they wanted we would still be playing destiny and it would just have everything that they've added into destiny 2 into the into the first game like if they didn't if they weren't forced by activision to do because activision was very like Activision is very much like we want to do yearly franchises where Destiny has kind yeah. of evolved beyond that. And I think it goes to show with like, you know, a couple of weeks ago when they did that Destiny 2 reveal of what Beyond Light is going to be. And then they showed the next two expansions after that to really kind of drive home like, yes, we are sticking with Destiny 2. And you should in like if there's any time to get into Destiny, it's probably right now because, you know, we're right on the cusp of a new new expansion. And there's just like literally if you were just playing the free to play version of the game which at this point i've bought all of you only have to buy forsaken and uh shadow keep which are just mm-hmm. two expansions they're about like 40 dollars each so you're basically you're paying about the same amount for uh a brand new game and you just even if you're just playing the free to play version of destiny 2 you have so much content to do and it's just it's infinitely fun to just shoot things so big fan of yeah it. i'm gonna probably be playing it for the next couple months and then when beyond light comes out i really can't wait to see what i can't wait to see what being in a new expansion the day it comes out is gonna be like i i'm just i'm really just excited to see what bungie's gonna do with destiny without activision pulling the strings yeah because like we when shadow keep came out it was like the first time that they were free from activision but they clearly were developing shadow keep during that time like while they were with activision during the breakup and so yeah. now it'll be interesting to see the first time we're getting a new expansion with no activision influence whatsoever back when i first started playing destiny 2 last year i had ambitions to go ahead and platinum it and those ambitions didn't really work out because so the thing is is that i managed to beat the normal version of the leviathan raid uh but the prestige version of the raid uh did not go so well i'm hoping that at some point in the future we can possibly organize something and get myself that platinum because i enjoyed that game as well i do agree shooting things is fun i also agree that its story is not super comprehensible in game i think Mm -hmm. you kind of need to go to the lore masters on youtube to enjoy that stuff but yeah i want to give that game a shot as well honestly i've been thinking about picking it up i've been i'm playing it on pc but i would be honestly down like if i could play with people i would be down with picking it up on uh, or like playing it on ps4 because one of the great things that they added since activision left or since like they parted ways with activision is a cross progression you can now play your characters anywhere which is awesome the only mm-hmm. weird thing is with that is the purchases i made of buying forsaken and Shadowkeep probably don't carry over so i'd have to buy i'd have to buy those again i wonder what that would do to my character because i have loot from forsaken and Shadowkeep that 
I just don't know what that does. Like, I, I don't know how it works. Um, it might be worth S- investigating. Spe- speaking of that, like, like if you had some, what, what's the, the paid currency? Silver? Silver, yeah. Yeah. If you Wait, hold on a second. There's a single paid currency? The... Is there more than one? Oh, There's shit. bright dust as well that you can get. I, that sounds I like don't a drug. Know, I don't do drugs. I don't know if I, it's paid or not. Again, I love Destiny, There's but so it's one of those games where there are just so many different types of currencies. And mm-hmm. I, I I trust you when you say that there's only like one-ish actual currency that's paid. Yeah, but yeah it's, it's tough to wrap your head around it. Yeah, there's I, I think it's... Uh, yeah, I think it's silver that I'm thinking of. But yeah, like the... When I when I booted it up on Stadia and brought my character over, um, I had the special items that I had gotten with a little bit of silver from when the game originally came out, and you know I bought a little bit of silver to see what it was all about, right. and give him a tip because I was having you know some fun with the game, and I still had my um, the, the the weapons that I got from that silver, so there's a weird disconnect there that like yeah okay you're you're you get progression and whatnot but the the currency that i paid for that unlocked me the weapons on my account uh, only playstation got a cut of that but now that i'm playing on a different system like yeah it's it's weird i'm not sure like i know what the intentions are when they when they when they don't let you bring things from one con like items that you bought on one console from one to another, but when you just buy the currency, and then you use that currency to buy an item, and that item goes to like, is that just the loophole? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I honestly don't know. It's not super clear, um, but you know, regardless of that, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, nevertheless, <laughs> so cozy. You don't have anything in the dock. What have you been doing? No, I mean, so, like, the big thing is that uh, before we went live, I posted this poll on Twitter. Basically, I've continued to play God of War 2018 on my Twitch channel for the past couple of weeks, and I've come to realize that while I am really enjoying the game, I don't really want to play it on stream. I just find that when I get to it, I don't feel like I can offer a lot of really super insightful commentary as I play in the same way that I can when I play, say, a Pokemon game or Apex Legends, for example. That, and I've also just been meaning to kind of like sit down for an hour and kind of sort through Kratos' armor and really optimize things to make things as good as possible. I'm still going to complete God of War 2018. I'm just not going to do it on stream. Uh, And so I put up a poll and I asked people, hey, do you think that I should do uh, a Twilight Princess hero mode run where I constantly use the Ganondorf amiibo, which makes Link take twice as much damage? Or do you think that I should do Kingdom Hearts 2 on critical mode at level 1? Which, so, like, basically in the Kingdom Hearts games, there's an ability that you can activate at the beginning of them that makes it so that you don't intake any experience points. So you always remain at level one the entire time. Uh, I'm going to pop that link right here in the chat. Uh, By the time that this episode will be live on, like, iTunes and other podcast services, the poll will already already have run its course and already have decided and known what I'm going to be doing next. I'm kind of actually hoping that Kingdom Hearts 2 will pull through, but at the moment, Twilight Princess is in the lead with 56.3%. I will when you give me the uh, op- yeah. When you give me the option to vote for Zelda, I'm going to vote, probably vote for Zelda. When you give me the option I mean, to I, vote against yeah. Kingdom Hearts, I will vote against Kingdom Hearts. 
But I mean, uh, don't you want me to be tortured by Kingdom Hearts? No, because that's just playing Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> he wouldn't wish that upon his worst enemies. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. Uh, I got to uh, Platinum Tier 4 in Apex Legends, which basically just means I played a lot of competitive games, and now a new season is starting, and we're heading back to the second multiplayer map of that game, which I forget what it's called, but it's more, I have a guess... Icelandic in terms of its inspiration. There's a lot of fire and ice on the map. That's a good time. Uh, the truth of the matter is that over the past week, I've actually been, uh, much of my time has been occupied by me completing a new script for gamers. Uh, I've revealed to a couple of people off stream what this new script is about. All I'll say right here and now is that um, later on in the news, uh, we're going to get to how apparently Square Enix is going to be unveiling some new games later in the year that it was originally planning for E3 in August. And I really hope that Square Enix doesn't unveil a new entry in this series that I'm currently writing about, because if they do, I'm going to have to do some rewrites. But do you feel comfortable putting the topic in our private Discord chat so that we can give you a live, just auditorial reaction without saying what it is? Uh... Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's... you can you can say no to me. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'm into that. I'm into that. I've never done anything with regards to that, but I'm into that. That's a that'll be an interesting topic for sure. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much about it. I've been really busy. It's just unfortunately not a lot of it has been game stuff. That's and yeah. Before you ask, yes, I have been shipping away at the last of us part two but i don't have anything to say on it at the moment. never heard of it uh well speaking of the last of us part two i guess we'll just uh say that the spoiler cast that we're going to be doing is probably doing we're doing it on july 5th i don't think it's confirmed yet um so by the time that you listen to this uh it will already have happened uh and maybe, it might be maybe. it might be out on podcast services depending on if i wanted to edit it or not we'll see we'll see um we'll see what happens yeah uh, I just wanted to quickly bring uh, another game that I have been playing. I have not stopped playing it. It's Persona 5 Royal. I fucking love it. Okay, so I came to the conclusion today that Persona 5 Royal is my favorite game of 2020. The fact that I have over 120 hours in it is kind of emblematic of how much I love that game. I finally, just last night, reached uh, the third semester, which is the... For those who might be aware, I uh, fucked up and basically um, I didn't get any of the new Persona 5 content because you have to do some specific things leading up to the point where it comes in the game. And so I missed out on that. So I decided to replay through the game again. I, I speed ran through it. Uh, it still took me about like 30 hours to get to the point. Um, and you still had fun doing that? I, I would see. But if I had a disc, I would have snapped it in half. See see that's emblematic of how much i love this series because if i if it was like any other game or not this series this game i haven't played any of the others but like if it was any other game i'd be like no not doing it but i really mm -hmm. want this platinum and i really wanted to see this content and let me tell you getting to the point where it actually starts i i love it i immediately was smiling from the first changes that they made to how the story progresses i got so happy and I just like I was I was a ball of joy. And now I'm just intrigued about like what this new palace is. And I can't wait to see how it continues going further. 
and I will talk more about it uh, later when when I actually play more of it, and also when Nathan's here, and I can sort of talk to talk about it with him. But I love Persona Five, and it's probably my favorite game of twenty twenty. I hope you don't talk about it more because I've played footage of this game so many times in the past <laughs> on these streams. This time around, I'm like, I'm just going to show drone footage of Montreal, the great Canadian city. Okay. Well, I mean, it's okay. It's an okay city. You know what? I've never it's, been there. It's a very good city. I've never been it, there, so I It looks know. way better in these drone shots than it probably does right now, because these were taken before COVID-19, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah. Everything now is just on fire and a smoldering, a smoldering pit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Well, I will never stop talking about Persona. I'm going to be at least doing it for the next couple of weeks. And then Nathan will be talking about it as well, because he's also playing it. So you're never going to escape this. It's new Animal Crossing. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, I can see on back to the dock. I'm just not even going to try to hide it through segues. Uh, you have been playing, AJ, a game called Dungeon Raid. Sounds very generic. Yeah. Please tell me what it is. It is, it is, oh, it is very, very generic. Um, SEO optimization, the game. I, yeah, I, I, I pulled my 2013 Nexus 7 tablet Ooh. out of, uh, uh, yeah, out of storage and booted it, plugged it in, charged it up, booted it up for, for no reason other than, oh, hey, this old piece of technology. And on it, I had uh, a very old game that is no longer available on uh, any device uh, called uh, Dungeon Raid. And, you know, the like you can't even get it on the store anymore. Like you have to download uh, an APK and sideload it in. And, you know, th that's all well and good, except it doesn't run very well anymore because it's not no longer optimized for all the newer versions of Android and the newer phones and stuff um but it runs just fine on uh my old tablet and uh it, it, it's it, it brought me back to a simpler time let's just say uh it's it's just kind of like um a roguelike um pu like matching puzzle game where you just sort of drag your your finger over the the like symbols uh you can collect coins there's health potions the swords are an attack and you have to drag the sword like your finger through the swords and through the uh enemy skulls that come down and drop down from the top and um you know you just you're you're kind of as you uh get uh, enough coins you can unlock items and if you get enough uh shields you un unlock skills uh and stuff like that and it's super fun and i really wish it would come back in like this specific form not you know some reimagined version of it but like they, they as simplistic as this is and as as dated as this is it, they really just kind of nailed it i, I gotta opinion. say i'm looking at this footage i was totally ready to make fun of you for this but this mm -hmm. looks like a fun game it looks like it's a just the time waster almost feels like a little bit too dismissive of a term. It looks like a an actual game that challenges your intellect to a slight degree while also, you know, being something nice to do while you listen to a podcast or something like that. Yeah, and I mean like you can start the game off like with a different like character class, like any like normal like RPG or whatever. Uh, like a warrior will be will take enemies down faster uh, at the start or whatever and you know, you you want to 
build out your character with specific items or or skills and stuff um, to try and aid you uh, on your way. Just doing the same thing and just trying to clear the patterns and everything as you go forward. And yeah, it's 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 surprisingly good uh, for something so simplistic for what it is. Hmm. What do you think? Like, are you down to the idea of us just remaking this game and calling it something different? if they never come out with a new version again um yeah it, like i it's hard to it's kind of hard to describe exactly what it wh- what it is and like trying to like re like remake it today um knowing like what we know now uh, about games in general um i feel like it would be a completely different game so in like unless you were creating like a faithful remake or just porting this to newer versions of technology today um it'd be it'd be weird um but you know if if you want i think it'd be a really neat idea if you took your game design skills for like some sort of upcoming game jam contest or whatever and turn and made made a puzzle game like this and themed it around like kind of funny or something that'd be interesting yeah or we could theme it around us Ooh, yeah, we, when is, the monsters the monsters can be references to Animal Crossing and Persona Five. Mm-hmm. Well, those yeah, don't sound like monsters to me. Those sounds like pretty nice people. <laughs> um, finally, I guess to wrap up the what we've been doing because this is going to be a much shorter what we've been doing because uh, you know we're missing two people. Um, I've played through Halo Wars too. I just I played through all the, the whole, way. Yeah, I played through the whole game. It's surprise. I beat it way faster than I thought I was going to. I fell out of it really quick. What what kept you going? Uh, the fact that the banished are going to be in Halo Infinite. That's one hundred percent the reason. Um, okay. Honestly, Halo Wars. Is- I, I am. I just want to say yeah. I'm really curious to see statistically if like they're going to discover that a lot more people tuned in to play Halo Wars two because of that character coming out of Halo Wars 2 into... Honestly, like, I think people should play Halo Wars 2. It's actually a very... It's, it's the best Halo game we've gotten in almost 10 years. I can say that confidently. Um, mm-hmm. It is... It's a very fun RTS. It's real. It's interesting that they decided to make a sequel to the first one, because I thought the first one was, like, fine. I, I like for a console hmm. RTS. I thought it was you know not terrible. They some they managed to convert that control scheme good enough. Like it's it's not terrible to play on a controller. It's not great by any stretch of the imagination. But getting to play Halo Wars Two on a mouse and keyboard was was pretty great. Um, and just I was just really curious to see what the story behind the the mostly just the banished was and i am it's such a cool faction that it's like they're not the covenant they don't have the same goals as the covenant they don't want to just like they don't follow the the forerunner stuff because they they want to worship it it's like they actually have their own they have their own reasons for being on on the arc, which is where the the main game takes place. And um, I just I think Atriox is a really cool villain, and I really hope that not just his faction, but I hope he shows up in Halo Infinite as well. I do you go, go ahead. ahead? No, no, no. Go ahead, cozy. I've talked. You a sure, lot. you have not. All right. Uh, no, I just <laughs> want to say, uh, it's like mm-hmm. it, it's curious. Like I feel like when the original Halo Wars came out, that game kind of became a cult classic. People seem to really, really. 
like the way that they adapted the kind of RTS control scheme to consoles. Mm -hmm. And then when Halo Wars 2 came out, it kind of seemed like it didn't manage to capture the same fire. I remember seeing a lot of 6 and 7s. What would you say about Halo Wars 2 didn't really kind of capture people's attention when it first came out? And what would you say, like, what is it about your playthrough of the game that allowed you to enjoy it in the way that it seems like other people didn't really beforehand. So I think the biggest thing was with with Halo Wars, the original one, people weren't expecting much from it because it's an RTS game on a console where so it's like when it was like actually better than people thought, like it got a lot more sort of recognition recognition, though not a lot of people played it. You it was very much a cult classic. Um, people still like the people who did play it recognize that it was like, oh, this is actually pretty good for for what it is. Where Halo Wars Two is like a a standard RTS that uh, I I don't know how many people actually played it on the Xbox One. It's available on the Xbox One, right? Thanks. So. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I who knows how many people actually played it on that because now that it's on PC, it's like that would be the preferred way to play a game like Halo Wars. Um, and I just think that it's like people kind of realize it's like oh this is very average for what it is it's not bad by any stretch but i think people just kind of saw it as that and i think the reason why i was able to enjoy it so much is because of like it really was just like i'm going off of that hype of oh this faction that i've heard so much about from this game has really cool lore behind them i want to like play the game where like we get introduced to them and then from there it was kind of just like oh you know what this is like actually a pretty like decent rts so i i managed to enjoy it enough to finish it i uh i really i'm on the fence about whether or not to get the there's an expansion for it called awaken the nightmare that i was thinking about potentially getting because it's focused solely on the banished there's no humans in it at all because it's them it's them finding the flood on the ark and so it's like it's it focuses way more on on the banished and just like what their sort of hierarchy is like and but it's like $30, and so I don't know if it's worth picking up. But um, regardless, I think, Halo, I, especially, I, it's also weird that, like, I got Halo Wars 2 for free because I have Game Pass, but, like, all of these expansions are just not not a part of Game Pass, which I feel like is a really missed opportunity for Microsoft. Like, if they're giving away the game, for, like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't exactly get it why they would do it because i don't know how many people would go out of their way to buy any of these expansions yeah i don't i'm I'm not sure either um the one thing that kind of worries me about uh the banished being potentially the the main threat in halo infinite is kind of the issue that we had with halo 4 in that the uh, didact mm-hmm. that, that's what it was right yeah he he was basically just a character in the books that they threw into the games in such a way that they kind of like ham-fisted him in there like oh yeah you remember him from the books right and i'm just like i didn't yeah. read this book um so like if people didn't necessarily play halo wars uh two are it are we going to run into the same issue are they going to do better on that i don't know so i like i i'm not i feel like the banished though are an easier elevator pitch like if you just need like the one sentence summary of who the banished are there are people who stood up against the covenant and then they just like 
and then they got banished by them and they're the one they're the one faction that was able to do it this guy's a super mm-hmm. badass uh like atriox is a super badass brute who went like it's easier to sum them up than to sum up the didact the didact is was is weird and there's so much lore behind him where you could kind of like say oh hey this is this is who this fact this is what this faction is about for the people who who know like who played halo wars 2 or who do watch the lore videos there could be more there but uh, you get enough like if you think about the original halo game and how much we actually knew about the covenant it wasn't a ton it was not until like the until halo 2 and then also just like other expansions of the lore that we really found out what the covenant was kind of really about and so I think you could do a very similar thing with this because Halo Infinite is supposed to be a soft reboot of the franchise. You can kind of do a very similar thing, but there's still some of that lore that's already set up with this universe. I don't know. I think it's an easier feat to do than it was for mm-hmm. Didact and Halo 4. Fair the enough. last thing I'll say uh, before we move on to the news is that it, it's weird to hear uh, like the mainline Halo series playing so well with a Halo spinoff because... Way back in the day, um, the team that was responsible for the original Halo Wars, I forget the Ensemble? name, I think it was... was yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Ensemble. Yeah, Ensemble had a slightly contentious relationship with Bungie in that Bungie felt very kind of protective of the Halo lore, and they weren't so cool with Ensemble basically taking that lore and twisting it and turning it in its own ways. And so it's neat that they're taking a character that has largely been contained to this Halo spinoff and bringing him into kind of the numerical Halo series proper. Mm. Or, well, not numerical because, well, do you count Infinite as a number? Uh, not a number, but it is mainline franchise. Mainline that's it, six. that's it. Yeah. Mainline. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, the only thing I would sort of say about that is, like, with like, yeah, like what you were saying, like, Bungie was super defensive and this was, like, Halo Wars was honestly a product of Microsoft when they were trying to expand Halo past just the games, where this now feels Halo Wars 2 so much felt like it was just 343, like listening to the community. And that's what it feels like with with the Banish coming into to Infinite is just 343 has done a super good. And we're going to get into this a little bit later with the new MCC update that came out for June. But like they they really do just are listening to the community because it's the hardcore halo community that's kept it kind of alive at this point because it's been on life support and hope like i i just feel like this is like the right thing to do to like and i just i hope this continues with 343 and i just i feel like they i feel like them bringing halo wars 2 was just a really good move on 343 who are they are different from Bungie and the fact that they are wanting they are because they're a studio so dedicated their sole purpose is Halo that they want to expand it as far as they can possibly go. Hmm. So with that, with the uh, coveted Halo talk out of the way, we can jump into the news and we're going to talk about the other game, another game that I probably won't shut up about, and that's Cyberpunk 2077. Hell yeah. Last thir- last Thursday, the first episode of Cyberpunk Night City Wire played, and we got a little bit of new information about it, as well as just a whole lot of... Cause, um, a whole bunch of, uh, of press media got hands-on. like They got like four hours with cyberpunk 2077 basically from the start of the game to about the end of the prologue is from what i can tell the amount of time that they played so 
there was a few things from this Night City Wire that I really wanted to focus on. There was a trailer that came out called The Gig. And this trailer, it felt like a full-fledged game trailer. I mean, it is a, a game trailer, but just the stuff that they showed. <laughs> the stuff that, like, crazy. The point that I'm trying to make. Uh, oh, man, this is weird. Uh, the point that I'm trying to make is, like, the, the stuff that they showed felt like it could be a, a game, like an entire game in itself. And apparently it's just from the prologue. So my question is, how long is Cyberpunk 2077? Because just the fact that it, it feels like this game is going to be absolutely massive and there's been nothing but like nothing but evidence to support that. Did any did either of you guys watch either the Night City Wire or at least this trailer? I watched the trailer. OK, uh, people have been comparing it apparently to like I feel like going into this game, there is this thought that it was going to be this sort of like big evolution in the realm of giant open world games. And it seems like it's actually more like an evolution to products like, for example, Deus Ex, uh, Mankind Divided, for example, mm. which is actually made me motivated to go back and play Mankind Divided before this comes out, because I'm interested to kind of compare and contrast them after this game releases. That'd be a good idea. You should do that. Yeah, I, I think I just think like, a lot of people, I feel like the expectations for this game are a little bit weird just because people are thinking that this is going to be like, for one, this is going to be a first person shooter, which yes, it is first person, but like, and as, as well, it's going to be like this a crazy action game where I feel like people like need to sort of realize that CD Projekt Red is a, they're an RPG studio. They've never not been. And this is going to be a RPG as fuck RPG. And I, I think that this, I think that this, especially the gameplay that's come out as of recently has shown that a little bit more have been have, they've been really trying to focus on that because I think people will get disappointed if they think that they're getting into something something else yeah the and a lot of the gameplay footage that has come out it it looks like a video game ass video game it doesn't look like a a, a step beyond it's just a very I think I think it's what it did is it helped me temper my expectations and not o like overblow the hype mm -hmm. Um, uh, of any of it, because like I, I'm still like, this is still my number one anticipated for the rest of the year, um, and whatnot. But like, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to be overhyping my expectations for this based on the footage that's been released so far. Because there's yeah. a like there was there was like some issue that went went around with uh people misquoted uh some yeah there was other article there was like where a... they called it a g a gta mode mm -hmm. or something like that and like people took that as oh there's gonna be a gta like mode in it and it's like no yeah. that's that's no and yeah it, it's it's everybody relax it's gonna be a good game don't over hype it it's weird because like yeah. i feel like before the witcher 3 came out no one gave a shit about CD Projekt Red. You know, like, The Witcher 1 and The Witcher 2 were very, like, sort of cult classics. Like, they had a fan base, but it wasn't super big. And then The Witcher 3 came out and kind of exploded. And now the the expectations for what they can do... Like, people treat them like they're the second coming of Jesus, which they made a really good game. They made a couple mm -hmm. really good games. I think The Witcher 2 is actually a really good game that people don't... don't, uh, don't uh, like, people don't give it enough credit for. But, like... I'm just I think that this is going to be a fantastic game. It might be a game of the year contender, but I don't think it's going to like be that second coming of Jesus that everyone for some reason thinks it's going to be, which I don't understand why exactly. 
it's and like with the re- most recent delay that they had mm-hmm. um uh G- uh private jebus in the chat um said he'd put money uh on a bet that cyberpunk gets delayed again yeah i would not uh, put money on that honest because i i kind of looks like it's timed with a console launch I, let's be real i disagree in the sense that i feel like at the, i didn't think it was going to get delayed out of september at this point anything's possible like the fact that they were willing to delay it to, they, they were going to delay it again means that they're not afraid to be like yeah this needs and it needs to be done when it's done and mm-hmm. part of my suspicion is that the reason they delayed it was because it probably runs like shit on the ps4 and the xbox one <laughs> It probably also, just doesn't work on those consoles and they need to make it work. Even though they, they, at this point, like you said, they're probably banking on the fact that most people are going to play these games, play this game on the PS5 or the Series X. Yeah, they also just took out wall running like mm-hmm. completely, didn't they? Like, yeah, apparently it just doesn't work. Like it just didn't work with like the the systems that they already had in place. It was so for a game to be this. Yeah. For a game to be this far along and for them to decide at this point, no, take that whole uh, point of movement out. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what? Yeah. Which I wonder. It could be delayed again if that's the case. But yeah. But like the thing is, if they're removing that, an advanced mobility type thing like that drastically affects how level design works. So I wonder how is that going to affect how like because at this point, all the levels have to be kind of set in stone of how the environments are made, but now you have this, like, it might have been an option in the game, but still, things had to be catered around that option still, so I wonder how that's going to affect everything overall. DLC. Is it just going to make the environments feel way too big? Like, I don't know. Uh, this will be a... Re- I'm really curious to see how this game, especially how it just runs at launch. Like, is it going to just be a bug city? Because that seems to be apparently from the uh, the people who played the game, they ran into quite a few bugs during their four hours, and so I'm, and that was it's, go ahead. I just want to say it's funny that you guys seem to be a little bit more down on this game after this first Night City thing because I would say that I'm actually more excited for it now, having a better understanding of what kind of game it's going to be, and you know e- even if it's not the second coming, I'm hoping that if it proves popular enough, we'll see more games of its same sort of ilk see a resurgence. As we all know, right now, uh, uh, Idos Montreal, here in my home city of Montreal, great city, fantastic city, come visit it. Um, that studio has kind of been in developer jail for the past couple of years working on Marvel's Avengers. And if this game theoretically does really, really well, who knows? We could see Square Enix be re-motivated to give Deus Ex another shot. Yeah. So well, that's my hope. Yeah, I hope so too. I think mo- especially more... More um, sim games. Uh, what are the the uh, immersive, immersive sims. sims? That's what they're called. I think more of those are good. Um, but you know, my hype for Cyberpunk. I mean, as soon as the Night City Wire ended, I bought the Cyberpunk Red Starter Kit uh, for the tabletop <laughs> game, the- and mm-hmm. I've been reading the lore of. I've been reading the lore of of Night City and uh, things like that, like the corporate holocaust is the chapter I'm on now and I just I'm uh. I love I love cyberpunk the genre so I've been hyped for this game since basically not the first trailer that came out in 2013 but since they showed it at E3 of 2018 I've been like holy shit this is going to be dope so very excited cool. one last sort of thing about that is just very quickly uh 
CD Projekt Red also announced that they they have partnered with Studio Trigger to make a cyberpunk anime coming to Netflix. Cyberpunk Edge Runners is going to be coming to Netflix in 2022, which kind of is like I under I it's like why did they announce this? But I also kind of understand why in the sense that we're probably never gonna we're not gonna hear about this thing for a long ass time. But they want to just kind of show that Cyberpunk has legs and they're dedicated to this this game and this IP for a long time. And I think this kind of is the one of the one of the ways that they're showing that. So yeah, I'm I, I agree. Anime's cool and that looks good. I, I'm not a big fan of anime, but I will definitely watch this. So, next news story. Uh we uh to follow up from last week. Uh, a little bit last week, did we talk about Twitch bans specifically? I know we kind of delved into the topic a little bit. Regardless, yeah. Twitch has uh, gone on a spree of bans. Some, most of them high profile in one way or another. Uh, one of yeah. them being Dr. Disrespect, who it was a very, very huge streamer on the platform. He had this persona of being kind of a dickhead. And I'm not sure how much of a persona yeah. that was versus just him, yeah. in, him in real life. Uh, it was definitely a character of of that dick dickheadishness, but like at a certain point, you know, yeah, it, it, you, you kind of method acting kind of bleeds into real life, mm-hmm. and it's not a, a good look. Yeah, but the biggest thing about this is no one knows why. Not even him himself. Like he tweeted, like I don't know why well, I was banned on Twitch. Asterisk asterisk they don't know the specific reason everyone has their theories but they don't know specifically why did twitch do it now well i mean maybe it could be about like just all the abuse that's been coming out but still it's just like it's just it's interesting kind of way i wish twitch would just have a statement of just like why right now on our twitch channel i'm playing the final eight minutes of the last stream that dr disrespected and this video has basically been scrutinized to death because there are multiple moments throughout the video where the doc basically gets progressively more and more disheveled and upset and it basically culminates in him closing out the stream by taking off his headphones all like fierce like and be like ah f word and then it's like what the hell happened did he just get raided by the police did he just get there, there are so many conspiracy theories going around right now, and I'm certain, certain that there are plenty of people right now at Twitch who are like, "Can we just be a little bit more transparent about this and just explain what is going on?" But who knows? There, it could actually be something super sensitive and super private that they're justified in not explaining to the public at large. Yeah, you know. Regardless, uh, I'm not shedding a tear over his ban. I'm really not. No. Uh, somebody else who I'm not going to be shedding a tear for anything bad happening. Uh, Twitch suspends Donald Trump's channel for hateful content. Happy Canada Day. I can't believe... Happy Canada Day! I can't believe this is a thing that's actually happened. What dystopian future are we living in? Um, Hashtag love wins. Hashtag love wins. Again, I'm not upset by this. It's just like... The president of the United States has been banned on Twitch. Uh-huh. I can't believe I just said that out loud. Yep. yep. Uh, do you? Uh, <laughs> do you guys have anything else to say about that? 
I mean, you know, better late than never. They probably yeah. should have done this sooner, considering that one of the things that they say that is to why they wanted to ban him was something that he had said from a 2016 campaign rally. But, uh, all right, whatever. Yeah, I guess they needed time to investigate. Yeah, you know, uh, or, you know. Okay, sure. Whatever the reason, it's not a bad thing. Um, just like how... Uh, from Twinfinite, uh, Colin Moriarty now to serve as the chief creative officer of Lily Mo Games, which I just feel like this is a really cool story just because we're all kind of funny fans. Colin Moriarty, once uh, once uh, part of Kind of Funny, he he they had they left or he left to do his own thing for one reason or another. Uh, and now he he helped. He made a game. With Lilimo Games, which is a Canadian developer, actually, I believe they're yeah they're in Ontario. He's a uh, Barry, who's the main. It's only one person, but Barry, who he's in Ontario somewhere. I'm not a hundred percent sure where. I think it might be Kingston. Regardless, he's he's a Canadian developer, so go with that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so they made a uh, Sacred Symbols game, which is Colin's uh, podcast, and. Now Colin is a he owns a minority share of the the company and they're going to be working together on more games, which I think is just really cool. One thing about like, so I started watching Kind of Funny in 2020, end of 2017, early 2018. And around that same time I watched, I was listening to um, Sacred Symbols, actually, which was not because of one or the other. It just kind of happened naturally. I found both of them at the same time. It was really weird in hindsight. But um, yeah, so I'm kind of divorced on like the whole like him being a part of kind of funny than not being a part of it. It's just kind of like they've always felt like two separate entities because for me, they have Mm -hmm. been the entire time I've known both of them. Um, So, you know, I just think that this is just a really cool thing. I also just got my physical copy of Twin Breaker. I haven't played it yet, but I got it. So I'm excited to play that at some point. In the article, Colin has also alluded to plans to other 2D games previously, including a sequel to Hebroxia, which is another game that the developer made, and even a classic JRPG tentatively dated to release sometime in 2022. There is no way that that JRPG, if it is actually going to see release in 2022, uh, is not going to be a like Final Fantasy Tactics style game because that was one of his one of the big games that he would hang his hat on all the time back on kind of funny podcasts and I'm assuming uh, his sacred symbol yeah ones. yeah exactly yeah um, regardless I'm I'm very interested to see what comes next from Lily Mo Games uh, speaking of what's coming next from game developers. Square Enix is announcing or is going to be announcing games that were meant for E3 2020 at some point around July or August. Um, there's kind of no real this uh, this article that I pulled from Gamatsu uh, by Sal Romano. I, yes, Sal Romano. I, I was reading it and my dyslexia just like kicked in right then and there. I'm like, wait, oh, OK, got it. Uh, Sal Romano. I also said it weird there. I don't know why that's... <laughs> Sal Romano. <laughs> Regardless, whatever. Happy Canada Day. It's it's like 100 <laughs> degrees in this room, if you couldn't tell. Um, regardless... You're uh, listening. So Square Enix had a bunch of new titles that they were going to announce in June but for, for E3, but because E3 was canceled due to COVID-19, they are going to announce it later this year. 
which I feel like is really interesting because they did announce one of their new games at the PlayStation 5 conference, uh, Project Athia, which I don't... Is that a... That's a working title for the, the game, right? That's not the actual... Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, either way, we've seen what we've seen that game. We know that they're still working on Avengers. So it's kind of I feel like a lot of people have a very clear idea of what this game is going to be. I think it's going to be the 16th game in a franchise. Probably. It's probably going to be Final <laughs> Fantasy 16. What is, what is that? I don't understand. It will probably be Final Fantasy 16. Which I, or do we think it's going to be sixteen, or do we think it's going to be a sequel to seven? Seven two maybe. Yeah, but like yeah. it's been not that long since seven came out. It was only in April. So, do you think that they would have something I mean, that, to show this early? I mean, this wouldn't be the first time they've teased something really, really early. That's true. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I've always had this. I'm just gonna say quickly. Mm -hmm. I've always had this theory for a really long time that they would produce a like interquel title between Kingdom Hearts three and Kingdom Hearts four. That is to file to Kingdom Hearts three. What file? What? Sorry, give me a second. There's so many <laughs> names juggling around my head. Basically, this game would be to Kingdom Hearts three. What Final Fantasy X two was to Final Fantasy X where it's basically like Kyrie and a bunch of other female Kingdom Hearts characters going on an adventure together and trying to figure out where Sora ended up, because, spoiler warning, at the end of Kingdom Hearts oh, 3, no. Sora <laughs> uh, went missing. Uh, and I just, I don't know, I, I figured that it would be a neat idea for a game, particularly considering one of the criticisms people had of Kingdom Hearts 3 is that it built it up to make it seem like Kyrie was going to play a big part in the game's narrative, and she was sort of fridged towards the end, so... But, I mean, ultimately, I have no way of knowing what they're going to make next. They've proven time and time again that you cannot predict the direction that the series is going to go. So, Okay. You know, uh, <laughs> sure. I I hope it's not Kingdom Hearts, but that might be my own selfish desires. Um, also, I don't really care about Final Fantasy either, so, you know. Um, regardless, it'll be interesting to see. I love this whole, let's have E3 happen for, like, three months. I think this is a great way to do it. So let's just continue the announcements coming. Uh, but with that, I think that wraps up the news we've gone through. But now we're going to do sort of this is some of this is somewhat newsy a little bit. But regardless, it's under the read slash watch all the things. Uh, the first one, this one Mitch put in and I, I didn't feel like removing it. But it's uh, about uh, the Pokemon Go grandpa's bike evolves to hold 64 smartphones. I'm not sure if you guys have seen the picture of this, but it's kind of incredible. It's on The Verge, I believe. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Written by Taylor Lyles. Shout out to Taylor. We're friends on Twitter. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, you know what? <laughs> it's just cool how much dedication this dude has to playing Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. My question is, I, I don't know how this, this like contraption works. Are all the smartphones on the same account or would it be different accounts that then he like trades between them? I don't know. Can you be logged in but on the same pokemon go account on two different smartphones at the same time i have no idea how this i don't know if i bought well uh, it probably might not cause too much of an issue as long as you're geolocating to the same place but if you were if you like if you and i had logged into the same uh, pokemon go account at the same time and it pinged us both as different places then maybe it might cause 
some sort of issue with like a GPS spoofing or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how all that works, but yeah. Either way, the dedication here is genuinely incredible. I am a big it's... fan of this dude. It's something. Yeah. Um. So you know that's cool. People are cool when it comes to video games. Uh, speaking of people that are cool, uh, three four three uh posted the July or the June update for the MCC, and I just mm-hmm. a whole lot of updates about just how that whole project's been going. One of the really most interesting parts of this entire th- I'm not going to talk about the entire thing. I just want to talk about how so when MCC has been coming to PC. There's been these really weird audio bugs between like all of the games, especially Halo Reach had them the worst. And it was because of the the um, the way that the games utilize sound and they were using a a sound like they were using the way that they use sound was built specifically for the Xbox 360. So when you're trying to bring those games to new hardware, it creates this whole bunch of issues about like how does the occlusion the reverbs how like how it all meshes together and that's why we've been seeing these audio bugs and so now microsoft has just released x audio 2 for windows 10 which should from what i read a little bit of should help fix a lot of these audio issues and i just Hmm. think like, the technical stuff aside, it's just really cool how dedicated 343 has been to just trying to get this right. Like, there is, like, working with the Halo games, these games have been held together by duct tape and dreams for so long. And that's the way that Bungie kind of made them because they were flying by the seat of their pants as well. And the fact that 343 had to inherit this kind of broken mess and try to get it to work, and they've been doing it relatively successfully at least recently it's been successful and they've been continuing to dedicate to it i just think it's something that should be worth celebrating with them and i just there there was like things about like how 343 employees would call bungie employees who worked on these games and be like can you please tell us like how you did this and also just like to get their blessing on things that they were doing in the halo franchise going forward is really cool and i'm just i'm so happy that master chief collection is starting to really take shape on both the pc and now the xbox one as well so it's a really interesting read about what's coming next and what they've been doing um worth reading for sure that's kind of that's kind of it i just i i love halo uh but next (laughs) if that wasn't obvious uh so next uh thousands of eve online players go to war in celebration of this terminally ill player's birthday which eve online so this is a pc gamer article from Stephen Missinier. I'm saying that wrong again, but I can't read. It's clear. Um, but I just thought this was such a cool article because Eve always fascinates me with just like what they do and the wars and the stories about Eve. It's something I can never get into, but just reading about it is always cool. And the fact that like all these players would come together for a war which like the wars in eve actually have real world like real world money consequences and the fact Uh that they do it for this like this this terminally ill player is it's really heartwarming in a lot of ways and i just think it's a good community they got there the the lore the player made lore in eve online is it's 
it's as fascinating as like any other like real world history book if you're like i as somebody who's not necessarily passionate about history but is passionate about video games i think i through like eve lore and stuff like that i have this like spark of like desire to know more like i want to know the history of what happened here and stuff like that and like eve battles are always full of that sort mm-hmm. of amazing amazing information yeah i just i love that there was that one story about how this one corporation in eve they sent people to a, a different corporation to like join them in secrecy and then make their way up the ranks to then take down the corporation from the inside it was the mm-hmm. coolest thing i've ever read <laughs> And just like, I I just I can't comprehend the amount of thought and effort that to do to play a game like that is just is very fascinating. And so I would I would highly advise anyone who is listening or watching us live on Twitch, like look into some of this Eve stuff because it's just really fucking cool. Uh, so with that, we are going. This one, uh, you put in the you put in the doc, yeah. AJ. I I put it in there. Um, full disclosure. Uh, Airborne Kingdom is a game that is made by a very personal friend of mine uh, from the high school times. Um, anyway, uh, he put uh, my friend uh, and his company, uh, the Wandering Band, uh, are making a game called Airborne Kingdom. It's a air. It's a city builder where the city is flying in the sky and he put a a 10 minute gameplay uh breakdown uh up on uh exclusively on uh GameSpot. um yeah it's uh alex walked away so i am totally uh off off guard right now um but no the it it's a super super uh visually appealing uh, game uh, like very unique in its um, artistic design and stuff and the fact like that's something that's been out to the public for for an incredibly long time at this point but uh, to fact the fact that you're actually seeing what uh, some a very very small portion of the gameplay will actually look like is uh, kind of a big deal in terms of uh, a video game so yeah uh, you should absolutely check it out when you get the chance I mean, I, I I like the idea of you can only imagine that people are going to try really, really hard to make these like airborne craft look like various things from popular culture in the same way that people try really hard to make X-Wings in Kerbal Space Program, for example. Yeah, I, I'm, so, ex- I'm excited. Even if for I never play it myself, cities. I'm looking forward to that kind of stuff. I'm excited for all the flying dick cities, for sure. Oh, that's true. Yes, yeah. that's true. We can't, we can't ever forget that the internet if you give them an option to create anything they will make dicks yep so very excited to see what comes from that um but now a late addition to the read all the things from one nathan <laughs> McInerney. i don't think he's watching but he did he did send us this um we yep, are now he sure did <laughs> so let me just read i'm gonna read the headline of this article we are now entering the Animal Crossing butt plug stage of 2020. So, uh, so now hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: as of today, we're officially in the second half of 2020. So we should probably take this as like a premonition for what's to come. That's true, right? What do we see coming from this? Ple- but butt pleasure. I mean, I feel like we 
we, we just asked ourselves, what do we see coming from this? I feel like we kind of answered our question it's just fair. by asking the The answer question. is all of us. <laughs> that That's, yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, so... Um, Actually, really quick, it's not mm-hmm. in the doc. Uh, Mitch posted in our private chat a di- another article uh, on Destructoid called Amiibos as Butt Plugs Ranked. Go look that up. I looked. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert, number one is Luigi. I could see it. Yeah. And make you all gooey right? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this article. Um... Other than, sure, man. Between Animal Crossing, this butt plug, and coronavirus, I'll never have to leave my house again. Um, okay, so from that, we can go into the reigning deals. I'm not going to comment anymore about that. But um, <laughs> there's actually quite a bit, because today is July 1st, as of recording. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's that's uh, happened when it comes to deals. First things first, uh, Game Pass, the new games that are coming to Game Pass uh, have been announced. First one is actually kind of a big one. Fallout 76 is coming to both consoles and PC, which actually is interesting in the sense that uh, I think a game like this is perfect to come to a service where you don't have to pay for the game because not very many people are probably buying Fallout 76 and to get people in the door to then buy their currency is probably not the uh, worst move Bethesda's ever made. I am 300% more likely to give Fallout 76 a shot. I did not buy it, but I'm paying for Game Pass. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about trying it as well. Yeah. Um we'll see how we'll see if I actually go through with that, but you know, at least at least it's an option now and probably when it does come to Game Pass on July 9th, there will be an influx of players. So the people who do play Fallout 76 are going to... That's probably a good thing. I don't know if that's... I don't know if it is in the sense of if more people playing it is good. Um, regardless, uh, the next game, CrossCode, is a uh, ID at Xbox game, which is like an indie, indie game that Xbox publishes. Um, I don't know what the game is like, but it comes out July 9th as well. Uh, starting today, I don't know why these were out of order, that's probably my bad, but Out of the Park Baseball for PC, coming July 1st, which is actually Out of the Park Baseball 21, that's the full name of it. It's another idea at Xbox, coming July 1st. This is on PC. Uh, next game, this is a console game. This is actually another big one. These are kind of, they're Fallout 76 and Soul Calibur 6 are the big ones. This one is console exclusive, though coming July 1st, so it's available to play as of listening to this. Um, you know, that's cool. Soul Calibur is always fun. This one has wit- uh, this one has Geralt in it, which, yes. you know, is cool. That's one of the big mm-hmm. things about Soul Calibur that I love, is just, like, what character are they going to add to it? Which Yeah, the, Link is still the best character that they've ever added to Soul Calibur. Yeah. I like when they did the the console exclusive ones, which I guess Link was one of those console exclusive yeah. ones. I don't, re- yeah. I don't remember which Soul Calibur it was, but the one on the 360 PS3 where they added uh, Yoda, Yoda Yoda for four. Xbox. Oh, it was yeah. four? Yoda for Xbox, so he had a green lightsaber, and then Darth Vader it's... for the PS3, which yeah. I felt like was a little bit more... Like, even though P- PlayStation Colors isn't usually red, he's all black, so it kind of 
It fits still. It, it it fit with the fat PlayStation for sure. That's true. It, it's still it's so stunning that they managed to get that Star Wars crossover because Star Wars is a property rarely crosses over with anything. Mm-hmm. There are those ET guys in Episode One, yeah, for example, but otherwise, yeah, Star Wars does not cross over. So this was also and, and by the way, Disney though. That's a good point. For the record, I actually did research at one point, like. Why? How is it that they were able to get that crossover? And I couldn't find much information about it. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those amazing miracles that we'll always have to treasure. Yeah. <sighs> just like we'll always have to treasure uh, Banff National Park, which I'm currently displaying on stream in honor of Canada Day. Amazing. <laughs> um. So the next deal, this is on the PC side. The Steam Summer Sale started right as we finished recording last week. And it's continuing until July 9th, so... At least if you are listening to this on Sunday, uh, you have, what, three days? Uh, One, two, three, four days. You have four days to take advantage of the Steam Summer Sale. Um, There's a lot of lot of really good games on sale. I personally, as of uh, as of recording this, I bought Dishonored 2 and uh, Prey, which was in a bundle uh, for twenty one dollars for both games. So that was actually uh very good deal and i probably will buy more um there's a couple of things i think i'm gonna maybe pick up south park but regardless we'll we'll see by next week how much money i've decided to sink into steam because they own i have like 400 games on steam and i think i've maybe played a third of them so yeah so yeah um finally on the playstation front because they've been kind of gotten very left out in the last little bit of discussion uh, PlayStation Plus games for July 2020. Wait, mm-hmm. hold on. I'm just asking a question right here. Where are you getting all these games? Because right now I'm looking at the Press YYZ, like the docket of news for today, and there's just like one deal on it. You're not. Have you? Are you? Are you in the? Are you in the right one? Hold on a second. Yeah, it's Run of Show Canada Day 2020. Okay, I uh, see. I see your icon now. Yeah, now you're in here. Oh, well, I don't know why. I guess I was only looking at Mitch's thing, which is this game that's like a dollar eighty nine. Yeah. So because yeah, I don't know. I feel like we've been talking about these games for the past half hour at this point. It's yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. All right. Where are they? <laughs> uh, so uh, finally, PlayStation Plus games for July twenty twenty. Uh, it's not. It's honestly not a really good month. It really isn't. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. 20 year celebration which is basically just the game of the year edition comes with a whole bunch of uh downloadable skins and stuff uh it's a good game just you know it did come out in 2015 so uh there is one more it's a little bit more recent uh nba 2k20 they're probably they've honestly just been giving this fucking game away um because (sighs) it, it was included on the racial justice humble bundle as well on steam uh, it's also yeah. been on sale. It's on sale on the Switch, I think. Like they're just trying to give this game away because obviously, in like four months, there's gonna be a new one. So you know, if you like basketball, I don't know if these games are good or if they've run into some of the other problems that like the other I, like the wrestling games I, have run into. I don't think there's that type of difficulty. I don't, I don't think quality. NBA. Yeah, I don't think NBA 2K has had any issues in okay. that regard. It's it's it was NBA Live by EA that had the issues. Right. Okay. And that's why they don't make that anymore at this point. Okay. I heard, I heard a rumor that they were going to try and start it up again, but <laughs> it never came around. Okay. Uh, Private Jeebus in the chat says that the NBA 2K series <sighs> is quality, so I will take his word for it because I haven't played one I since I 11. Don't sports. 
Uh, as well, this is actually a rare month where we get three games. Erica, uh, Erica was isn't that that um that live video game, uh like the um full motion video? Yes, it is. Um, I am interested in it. The fact that it is going to be free with PS Plus means that I might actually take a look at it. I don't think the game was very expensive beforehand, but regardless, you know. It's nice that they at least they gave us three games, three sort of less than high profile games, but whatever. Um, it's, you know, free games. Uh, finally, Mitch, even though he's still not on the show, he did add one the slacker. Yeah, the mutant. Uh, what is the name of this game? Uh, mutant Muds Collection on Switch is a dollar eighty nine. I believe we've talked about this game going on sale previously. You know, it's it's two bucks with with tax. So if you need something to play on Switch, then I guess it's worth playing. I, I haven't played them, so I can't really attest to their quality. But he he's brought it up again in the, the dock. So, you know, it got to be worth it to him. <laughs> if only he were here to tell us how much it meant to him. Yeah. But, you know, family. But with that, we are going to jump into our topic of the show, which is something. It is something. Cozy, (laughs) do you want to tell us what the topic of the show is? And I'm not just saying that because I totally didn't forget. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, I figured that in honor of Canada Day, uh, we should probably discuss our favorite non-canonically Canadian characters in video games that we nonetheless think to be exemplary Canadian figures in video games. So in like a roundtable format. Okay. Yeah. So uh, because there are three of us here today, what I decided is that we're going to decide on 12 characters. So we'll each go four times and then we'll basically organize it in the list. We'll do it player's choice style where we're going to be collaborative about it because the whole point is that we're supposed to exemplify Canada on here Canada Day. And I think a lot of people would agree that a common trait of Canadians is that they're very nice people. So we're not going to be competitive or competitive. We're going to all agree this is number one, this is number 12, so on and so forth. All right. Okay. Um, who would like to go first? <laughs> I'll have, okay, I'll start off with an easy one. The Paragon playthrough of Commander Shepard is a very nice person. Okay. Um, uh, I mentioned uh, previously that the Paragon playthrough is my canonical playthrough. Like there is, I've tried to go through a Renegade playthrough and there's no way that feels good. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it's every uh, Paragon choice, um, you know, aside from the one where you get to, where you're interrogating the guy and like playing good cop, bad cop, and you get to punch that guy in the face. That felt really good because he wasn't telling you the answers. Mm-hmm. That that was the, like the only renegade option that I made. Um, but oh, and uh, punching the newscaster, I think. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, pe- people, those people deserved it, and I think I think par- the Paragon path of Commander Shepard absolutely. Uh, represents overall Canadian values. And if you guys have any other ways to put that into words, I would greatly appreciate it because I've lost all my words. Well, I I can't exactly... I mean, like, I I do agree is the the Canadian... or Canadian, the Paragon Commander Shepard is a very stand-up person. 
it's kind of the exemplary like this is like a good person who's trying to do the best they can uh one thing is with mass effect 3 you do start in vancouver so you know what that kind of adds more validity oh. to to your argument um yeah I, i'm down with that I'll not gonna lie i had no idea that was vancouver yeah i i, I like i when i was thinking when you said that i was like I, I thought there was a Canadian city in Mass Effect 3, and then I had to look it up, so... But, um, it's supposed to be futuristic Vancouver, so... That's cool. Huh. Yeah, neat. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I'm just gonna go ahead and go next, because I already have my next one queued up. Alright. Uh, I'm gonna go with the character of Moosh, which is the bear that you play as in the Legend of Zelda Oracle games. Or rather, well, you don't exactly play as him, you can ride on him and control him through that fashion. I just think that, you know, a big character like Moosh shouldn't really be helping out Link. He should theoretically just be giving him a tough time, serving Ganon, making his life miserable, but instead he decides to help him out you can see on his artwork right here which is displayed on stream that he actually has a little sweat drop going off of the side of his face it's hard it's strenuous for him holding up that small little link boy but he still goes ahead and does it and i think that for that he deserves a spot on this honorary canadian list sorry really quick you've said as displayed on stream multiple times in this podcast and i've checked every time and <laughs> it's just us. is it displayed on stream us showing up on stream yeah it's only been the three of us every time are you certain yes and uh private jeebus even called it out once in the chat yeah that's too bad (laughs) yeah well but i mean you you to be fair you couldn't have said that you could have just acted like it was everything normal and then people listening to the audio version would have just thought forever oh man i could have but the nice thing to do is let let us know when i don't know i don't know where i'm going with that whatever it's fine mm-hmm. yeah i i i did mention it in our private chat but it's fine uh okay so i guess it's my turn from here can we like i know you said like honorary canadians can we pick actual canadian characters if they do exist yeah of course okay then i'm picking trevor phillips from grand theft auto 5 he doesn't exactly embody uh, Canada's values, but he still is a Canadian character. He's still a great character from Grand Theft Auto. Um, and you know what? I love Tre- uh, Trevor Phillips was such a such a wild card to play through. When you finally reach that point in GTA V, it was such a contrast to Michael and Franklin at that point that like I feel like just Trevor Phillips. He's the embodiment of Grand Theft Auto, the way people play GTA, and I think that's what makes him special. So that that would be my choice for at least like to get some authentic Canadian representation into uh, into our list. Hmm. So I guess that means I'm up next. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, everybody's favorite little sidekick. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Uh, I just want to say, I just realized the reason why earlier on I wasn't able to switch uh, back and forth to show these various videos right now. Mm -hmm. I'm clicking on the button right now. On your stream, can you see it? Yes, they're changed. Okay. Yeah, I realized what the issue was. Can can I get super technical into OBS for just a second? Sure. Absolutely. Okay, so in OBS, you have this thing called studio mode, 
And basically what studio mode does is it will show you what you're currently displaying on stream and also what is being displayed in a scene that is not currently live. And the thing is, is that if you have studio mode open, if you try to press on like your stream deck, a hotkey to change over to another scene, it won't work. You basically mm -hmm. have to exit studio mode. And so what happened was this entire stream, or at least for some duration of the stream, I had studio mode on. And so, yeah. Hmm. OBS has, has always been <sighs> finicky, like as well as it works. Uh, like I've just... I mean, look, it, OBS is a great program. I don't want to criticize it oh, too yeah. much. But like, there are just a lot of little quality of life things that I don't appreciate. For one, why isn't there a like go backwards button? Like you're moving around something in your scene and you're like, oh, I don't really like how far I moved it there. Or I don't really like that resizing. Why can't you just do go back? Yeah. 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 Simple things like that would be great. <sighs> well, hey, <laughs> again, our viewers at home don't need to know that this actually happened. For, for everybody who is listening to the, only the audio version of this podcast, this is actually all an elaborate joke. This isn't actually true. <laughs> yeah, no, they, yeah, I'm glad you decided to follow the script that I wrote. Yeah, for you. I hate to break it to yeah. you, but this all is going to get cut out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so I guess that leaves me next for the list. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with everybody's favorite little uh, sidekick, uh, Pikachu. Um, he's always Whoa. there for you. He's always got your back. He he tries to keep the peace, like like Canadians try to do, and uh, he can kick ass when he needs to. Pikachu's great. Perfect. <laughs> this list is this list is already amazing. Yep. This is gonna be the best list we've ever made. I can already. I mean, I'm not in disagreement. I'll definitely say that much. Um. I suppose that I have to go next now. Um, I'm going to talk about a little character called Son Goku from Dragon Ball. As we know, Son Goku got his start uh, on the pages of Akira Toriyama's famous manga, but eventually he jumped into the realm of anime and then after that video games. So I think that it's fair for me to count him. I mean, the thing about Son Goku is that he, you know, is very powerful. He can kick your ass if he wants to, but at the end of the day, he's just a carefree, fun-loving dude who raises a nice little family and yeah I, I feel like you can't dislike him for that reason fantastic <laughs> um hmm this is this is a this is a tough one i'm trying to see if i can get any any um i'm gonna choose are you guys go ahead, sorry go ahead. are you guys writing this down somewhere or yeah are you just reading yeah, yeah, it I, in I, the doc? I, i'm also writing it in the doc somewhere and I'm writing it on my own separate doc as well. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Exception. Hmm. This is a tough one, but I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose Isaac Clark from Dead Space because Ooh. you know what? He's a blue collar worker. He just wants to get the job done, whatever that may be, whether it be fixing the Ishimura or fighting uh, zombie aliens that that transformed because of a religious tower. Uh, and he just, like, he's... In the first game, he's pretty silent, but you know what? He He's always agreeable, which is, like, he's... he's. It seems like his co-workers like him. Seems like he's a pretty, pretty chill guy. You'd want to get a beer with him after work, you know, if you weren't fighting zombies um, or necromorphs. I know they're not technically zombies. But, um, 
yeah, like I think Isaac Clarke is is the embodiment of a uh, of hardworking uh, everyman. Yeah, I think so. Sorry, I'm just writing it down. Perfect. I know that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but at the beginning of Dead Space Three, isn't Isaac Clarke on Earth? He's um. I don't remember. I can't remember if he's on Earth or if he's on, like, a moon or some. I'm going to look it up. Because if he is on Earth, like, I'm wondering, is he, again, in Vancouver, much like Shepard at the beginning of Mass Effect 3? It's entirely does possible. E- does every single video game with three in its title feature a scene in Canada? Is this what we're discovering? Is this why they never made a Half-Life 3? Because they couldn't pick on the best place to set the location. Hmm. Um, I mean, the plot thickens. <laughs> I'm trying to see where where he starts it in Dead Space Three. Don't remember. I've heard rumors of where he ends up, and it's nuts. Because like he, because I remember I remember Dead Space Two takes place in on the the moon of Saturn, Titan, I believe is what it was called. Um. Uh, yeah, it takes place on the space station in and around that one. Yeah, but I don't remember where three would have taken place. Regardless, I mean, this is kind of this is doesn't exactly matter. He's still <laughs> Canadian at heart. Yeah, yeah, and that's what matters. So, my next one that I'm going to offer up for the list, um, you know, it's the le- legends tell of. Canadians and their their niceness, but at, all Canadians are human. We're gonna get angry, but what do we do with that hate and that anger? We funnel it into our geese, and so the character that probably most exemplifies, in my opinion, what it means to take the one shameful aspect of Canadians is is the goose from Untitled Goose Game. Now, this goose is just a regular goose, not a Canada goose specifically, um, but he's still kind of a jerk, and, uh, sorry. Hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised we haven't really talked about this game a lot more on stream on prior episodes of the show yeah it 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 sort of came and went like uh when the game came out i was um uh volunteering at buffer festival last year and the uh i i I worked the green room for that and i'd set my switch up on a big tv so that all the the special youtube guests could could play it and they absolutely like i thought they would just be playing smash brothers all the time but and they did for a bit, but really, when anybody got the chance, they were playing Untitled Goose Game, and they absolutely loved it. So I'm surprised it sort of just came and went. Yeah, I, I also mentioned it because I know you, Alex, mm-hmm. uh, Alex Balance specifically, <laughs> uh, you did a video last year where you briefly yeah. brought up Untitled Goose Game at the beginning. Yeah, I remember that. That was, um, I don't like talking about that video. It's not good. Oh. No, it's fine. Oh. It's fine. I just feel like I've, I've gotten so much better at, at stuff. Um, I was going to bring sure. it up because Halo 3 uh, PC is going to come out this month, probably. So I'll probably do like some sort of like 
recognizing that like yeah this is a thing that i did it was uh also just like my nice introduction of hey i want to try to make friends in film school can you guys throw all these copies of halo that i have at me please and then they did it and then for some reason they still wanted to be friends so hey you just you gotta just put yourself out there so keeping in the theme of geese i'm gonna go with a man who has the heart of a goose but who is not technically a goose and that's Groose from the legend of zelda uh, skyward sword uh i don't really love skyward sword all that much uh but i did enjoy the character of Groose in the game the thing about him is that when you first meet him, he's kind of a jerk. He gives Link a real tough time. He rides on his dumb, stupid bird. Actually, all the birds in the game are dumb and stupid looking. Uh, but the point is, is that he eventually has a redemption arc. He realizes that basically there is a bigger conflict going on than the small, minuscule little world that he lives in and realizes that he has to be Link's wingman in his battle against Ganondorf and Demise. And for that reason, I have to give him a shout out as an honorary Canadian. Very nice. Um, I feel like I should have been ready for this again. I just am not. Um, <laughs> I'm going to choose the man with the heart of gold who, you know, he, he travels the world, but we don't see where he goes when he's done traveling. Um, when he's done going to all of his, his exotic locations. And that's Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake is this charismatic, fun-loving guy who just yeah you love him. He he you know he's he's a, a rapscallion, but you just like every time he does something, you're just like oh you. But like you just you can't help but love him because you know he's he's charismatic at heart, and I feel like that embodies Canadians very well because you know what I'm charismatic at heart. Look at me. Is it just because I I think Nathan Drake is cool? Maybe. But you know what? That's that's all that matters. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. This is hard. <laughs> this is hard. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think he's a cool looking guy. He's a, and... He doesn't afraid of anything. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Very, very in inspiring choice uh, to the point where you just reminded me of another character um one one that came from a, a very rigid history um and a little bit of a checkered past and sort of evolved uh as time went on and became quite an amazing art piece to this day much like canada itself um and that's laura croft um <coughs> Now, hold on a second. Are we talking about Lara Croft as she appears in Crystal Dynamics reboot series, or are we talking about pre-reboot? Uh, I started off my description as uh, Lara Croft, both Lara Crofts kind of being the same, but evolving from a checkered, uh, rigid past. Rigid meaning pointy boobs. Um, and okay. then, you know, we've we've softened as we've matured. Uh in that regard, but the the Lara Croft in the Tomb Raider <laughs> reboot series. Uh, I just looked is... at the stream. I love oh, it. <laughs> oh, that that's what you had to. Yeah, now we're talking. Now, okay, now Angelina Jolie is absolutely my Tomb Raider because I didn't play the original Tomb Raider, 
Uh, and I think she nailed it in this role. And uh, for that, I think Angelina Jolie as the Tomb Raider gets to be an honorary Canadian. All right. So wait, hold on. Are we doing Angelina Jolie as an honorary Canadian or yes. Lara Croft? Yes. They're one and the same, I would yeah. say. But it's all the all same. Right. I'll just, yeah, I'll put them both as one entry. <laughs> Uh, Angelina Jolie. For a second, I was concerned. I didn't know how to spell her name, but I think I got it. <laughs> uh, okay. My last one. What do I want to do? Uh, you know what? I think I have the perfect, perfect, perfect entry for my final entry. Are you guys ready for this one? I'm ready. Do it. Mine is a little video game character called the Wii U. <laughs> I think that <laughs> the thing about the Wii U is he's just a humble little individual. You know, he just wants to come home. He wants to have fun. I didn't expect that. He is very Fisher Price esque, and that's you know a little bit of a downside to him. But I mean, hey, you can't hate him. Just look at that little guy. Look at that soft, smooth, plastic-laden little controller that definitely wasn't like the second worst nintendo console of all time in terms of sales i i think when i look into his eyes and he stares back into me in my eyes i can't think of anything else but the word canada oh, truly inspiring i i'm by the way right now on stream i'm playing like the original reveal vi uh, video for the wii u at e3 mm-hmm this man, they're playing Othello and now Wii Sports, and it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, how did they expect people to get excited watching this? They really did make it just seem like the fact that they're showing Wii Sports, like, really made it seem like, yeah, this just is an add on to the Wii. Like, how could yeah. you not think that? And so, no wonder it sold so poorly. Yeah, but then hold on. There's uh, like this the one, one, very brief sequence, right? And that's the one where like everybody looked at that and they're like, "Oh shit, that looks really cool." And then but it never happened. It, it, that's right, it never happened. Oh shit! Here we go. The Wii Fit. What did they use this with? Stay fit with a new controller. <laughs> How did? Oh, you could just read what's. Okay, so you can just do it anywhere. Yeah. Oh man! You know I the, will. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I remember that. And then the the, the, the take the gun. Yeah, whatever. It is. Yeah, it's. Were Were you gonna snipe Miyamoto out of his <laughs> fucking apartment? Apparently. It would have been. It would have been really funny if it was Awada. Oh yeah, the Ninja Star thing. That thing actually happened, but it was not nearly as. Was that like a game in Wario thing? Yeah, it was. It was some mini game in something, uh, but it, it may have been Nintendo Land somewhere. I did, um, there was there was a brief sequence that they showed like a Skype call thing. Did that actually happen? Yeah, uh, there was a Wii U chat video chat. Uh, I never used it. Yeah, I used it once with a friend of mine in California, and was it good like did it function well or? it functioned as well as any 2012 video chat service did all right well, so 
I mean, I can't hate on that. I, and All right. Yeah, the yeah. Nintendo Online was free back then. Oh, too. here we go. Here we go. Oh. The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess demo that never became anything. Oh, my God. Well, then Twilight Princess get remade? A, yeah, it got HD, yeah, yeah, it HD re-release. It did, but... It, it just didn't look... Never. It wasn't this. Yeah. Right. And Breath of the Wild still wasn't that. And that's... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that we can all clearly and definitively say after watching that video that the wii u is a pure canadian soul clearly yep so i guess i have the final one this one's gonna be a little you bit do. this one's gonna be a little bit like um a little bit real going to the the real history oh. of of um of canada um that people you know whole, it seems like is being acknowledged a little bit more but even then it's still kind of trying to be erased a little bit and i'm gonna choose charles from red dead redemption 2 because of just like you know he embodies uh the indigenous side of of canada because that is a very oh. real thing that i that just doesn't get acknowledged as i mean it's thankfully starting to but just like everything that's kind of happened to to them as was not cool and i i'm hope i want to see more i think it was really cool just having him him being because he was part Native American, part um, part African American, actually, and just he was like a really fascinating character um, that had to like he was kind of like he was a little bit torn between like which sort of part of his identity does he truly like align with, and he kind of like found a a spot where he can kind of acknowledge both sides of it. And I I really liked Charles a lot. I thought he was one of the best characters in Red Dead too. So I just. I think he I think he embodies a lot of um, the the past parts of Canada. Also, I'm pretty sure by the end of the end of two, he ends up living there. So, you know, that's cool. Now, here's the thing. I'm tempted to put this at number one on the list just because it's actually like a serious real entry. But is he actually Canadian or no. is he an honorary? No, he's he's honorary. OK, okay. But he does because live there he... at the end of, at the end of two. Because I was going to say, if he wasn't, if he was actually Canadian, then he would have to be disqualified per the rules of this list. But because he's not actually Canadian, he's a okay. And I think that wait, yeah, you have to put him wait. Up. That was that was the stipulation. I asked if we could add actual Canadian characters. You know what? It's nine forty nine. I'm I'm fine with it. Okay. Charles Smith goes to number one. Okay, because Trevor is Trevor is an actual Canadian. Uh, we, we had an entire uh, the last entire episode we were changing up the rules on the fly it's so fine. we can do it yeah like i i'm not gonna fight tooth and nail for it either i don't really care that much <laughs> either way okay uh, it looks like we got our uh our definitive list of honorary slash one well now hold on a second we have to rank them oh we do Oh, right. Well, now, hold on. The whole part of this. We're not going to we won't spend too much time on this. Number one, Charles Smith from Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes. Uh, I agree. Numbers two through 12 are up for grabs. OK, uh, so we have Moosh from the Oracle Games, Commander Shepard, specifically Paragon, uh, Trevor Phillips, Pikachu, Goku, Isaac Clark, the Goose from Untitled Goose Game, Bruce, Nathan Drake, Lara Croft slash Angelina Jolie and the Wii U. Oh, this is this is a tough one. I feel like if we're gonna do that, then we can. If we're gonna stick to the honorary Canadians, then we don't need to have Trevor. Trevor can already be disqualified because he is technically a. We'll, we'll put him at number twelve. Yeah, I'm okay with yeah. that. I think let's try to have like it be honorary. He was like the antithesis of 
Canadian stereotypes, so... Yeah. So. Hmm. hmm. Um, I think I think the goose should be up there. Yeah, I think the goose should be in the top five for sure. He he's not top. a Canada goose, so he technically doesn't get disqualified. Yeah, uh, but he is a goose How about nonetheless. Number four. Uh, no, yeah, I'm, o- I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. We'll see where other people go. All right. Uh, How about Pikachu? Where do we want to put Pikachu? I feel like Pikachu should be kind of lower on the list. Not to, yeah, like, below, <laughs> below the goose. I think Pikachu is kind of like... I don't know. It's just... I can't explain why. I just feel like he needs to be lower. Just compared to some of the other ones. Seven. I feel like it's just like... Plus there's also... Just, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with seven. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about Groose? I don't remember who that is. <laughs> the guy from <laughs> the guy from Skyward Sword, oh, Link's bully. Okay, um, he's a bully. That's not very Canadian. Yeah, but he has a redemption arc. That's true. Okay. Yeah. If you look at the real history of Canada, you know we were kind of bullies too. So that yeah checks okay. out. I would put him maybe. Six. Alright. Yeah. Okay. Above Pikachu. Yeah. At this point you can just call out a name and a number and I'll probably just put it there. Yeah. Goku number one. <laughs> Goku can be number no. two. Alright, Goku's number two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um I mean the Wii U needs to be in the top five. I'd say the Wii U can go at like number five. Alright. I think. <laughs> you definitively better than Groose. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Lara Croft, Angelina Jolie. I don't know. Something about her. I, there's a stink to her that I feel is not very Canadian. And I, don't, I can't put my finger on what it is, but. It might be the British accent. <laughs> I mean, you've gone back far enough. <laughs> think about I think, it. I think Laura Croft should be pretty low. Honestly, I'd say she should go at like 11. 11? Wow. Uh, I, I was going to say 9. Okay, you know what? I'm fine with 9. Well, I mean, let's split the difference and go 10. Okay. okay. That, that yeah. works, actually. Really well. Good teamwork, guys. We're, doing, we're, we're getting through this so much faster than if we had the dead weight of Nathan and... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> All right, let's Nathan Drake. Um, he feels like he's just somebody who doesn't really have a a border. Like he just kind of is from everywhere. Like he's just kind of like I say he should be like 11. Honestly, wow, he was my right. he was my pick. It just like I just feel like he's so synonymous with just being a world a, a globe trotting guy. So I just realized he never goes to Canada in any of his games. Yeah, I mean, unless, like, huh. you do see him in Uncharted 4, like, living a family life, so we don't technically know where that is. I don't think... That's a good point. So it could be technically Canada, but, you know, we don't know. Commander Shepard, Paragon at number three. I'll agree with Really? That. Honestly, I think he's a pretty, like, he's the exemplary, like, he's just trying to do the right thing, which I think all yeah. Canadians should embody. Absolutely. All right. 
And now we have to figure out whether Moosh or Isaac Clark will go at number eight or nine. Uh, can you show us pictures of both side by side? That might. Uh, yeah, give me a second. Okay. I have to Google. Okay, this is. Oh, there he is. Okay. Huh. That's. There's a blue bear. He's got wings. And this is one of those. This is one of those characters that I showed on stream when I still thought that I could show pictures on stream, but I was mistaken. Mm. Uh, hold on a quick second. Which game is there we go. from? Uh, the Oracle games. Got it. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. Not gonna lie, I almost want it higher than Pikachu. All I'm gonna just say by is the looks Isaac, alone. Isaac Clark, through most of Dead Space 3, is on a uh, is in a uh, snowy wasteland. Which is very emblematic of the majority of what Canada actually is. Because nobody uh, lives point. there. In like mm. the super snowy parts. So that's all I'm going to say in the defense of Isaac should be higher. You know what? I think that actually is just enough to give him the push above Moosh. Like, I mean, they're both at number eight and number nine. It's not like they're that much far apart. But yeah, I think that Isaac Clark has to go at number eight and Moosh at number nine. Perfect. So from here, we have the definitive list of emblematic Canadian characters. At number yep. number 12, Trevor Phillips. The only reason he is that low is because he's actually Canadian. I didn't realize oh, the rules. Sh- sorry. He also doesn't really. Sorry. He also doesn't really embody any of the <laughs> actual. Any of, yeah. He's, besides, he's literally the opposite of a good Canadian. Yeah. Besides the fact that he does say a sometimes. Yeah. Um, hmm. Number 11, Nathan Drake. Number 10, Lara Croft slash Angelina Jolie. Number 9, Moosh. Number 8, Isaac Clark. Number 6, The Goose from Untitled Goose Game. Number 5. <laughs> what, oh. why, did, why did you skip? <laughs> Wait. Oh, you skipped over Pikachu? Oh, number 7 is Pikachu. <laughs> I'm like, what, what's with this random, like, desire to ignore <laughs> Pikachu? Number 7 is Pikachu. Number 6 is the Goose from Untitled Goose Game. Number five, the Wii U. No, no, no. Six is Groose from The Legend of Zelda oh, fuck. Skyward Sword. I can't read. This text is so small on the second monitor. Why did we choose two characters that sound alike? I don't know. I'm <laughs> me- there we I'm- go. Is this big enough? That's perfect. Okay, <laughs> number six is Groosh. Okay, number six is Groosh. Number five is the Wii U. Number four, the... You see, you wrote the good... The good from Untitled right, Goose that, Game. That was on me. <laughs> That's where I got confused. Yeah, the gooks. No, the gooks is fine. The, so the goose from Untitled Goose Game is number four. Commander Shepard from Mass Effect, specifically the Paragon, from, is number three. Goku from Dragon Ball Z is number two. And number one, Charles Smith from Red Dead Redemption 2. There you go. Happy Canada Day, All right, everyone. did it. Happy Canada Day! And with that, we can end our show. You can follow us for more updates about what type of shenanigans we're going to get up to next. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, at PressYYZ. AJ, where can people find you? You can find me all over the internet, at uh, Times Hero, capital T, capital H. That's Twitter, Instagram, all those fun things. Cozy, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear Live, and you can also go to my Twitter, 
uh, which is twitter.com slash Alexander Kazina. Uh, sorry, hold on. Twitter.com slash Alex Kazina, A-L-E-X-K-Z-I-N-A. I apologize. I don't know why I misspoke there. Uh, I really want to stress that right now because currently Twilight Princess and Kingdom Hearts 2 are practically in dead heat in the poll that I talked about at the very beginning of this episode. Like literally one or two votes will completely sway the ship and there are 59 minutes left as of me saying this right now. So please go to my Twitter account, vote, vote, vote. Um, and finally, uh, my, I just realized what I wrote to Mitch in the chat. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that got dark. <laughs> okay. Um, my, my, uh, on Instagram, I am blatantly Alex and on Twitter, I am blatantly underscore Alex. And I am at some point going to make a YouTube video. I finally finished writing it. So now it's just about making it. Uh, it's going to be about input and how that affects story. Uh, and that's blatantly Alex is my YouTube channel. I'm very excited about that. Uh, for real though, um, happy Canada day, everybody. We do, uh, in all, happy Canada day. as well in all seriousness, uh, the show, um, big fan of uh, Nathan and Mitch as much as we ragged on them. Debatable. Uh, it was, it was, um, you could feel their absence and we can't wait to record with them next week. With that, oh, man. this has been episode 23 of Press YYZ. Thanks for playing. Yeah, that was all right. Yeah, the Alex cast should probably happen again.